Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today, I want to go over, I've got a bunch of questions from guys that are looking for their Arizona elk and antelope applications. It says, hey, Jay, uh, my name is Craig. I live in Montana. A friend and I have been putting in for archery elk for 17 years without success this far. We've been putting in for area unit nine together. Uh, we were thinking we might hire someone. We might go DIY. Um, not sure what your costs or what your suggestions are as far as units. I thought we had a decent chance of drawing until they cut the pool down last year. Uh, we're in our 50s and we're in good shape. Uh, what units do you think we should put in for? This is a question that I get a lot. And my answer is it's kind of a tough spot to be in with 17 points. Uh, it looks like you would draw, be a guaranteed for unit one, two B, two C. It looks like you would be a lock for unit three A, three C. Obviously you could draw mid-tier units like three B, four A, four B, five A, five B, five B South, six A, six B, seven East, seven West, unit eight. Um, but obviously with 17 points, I don't think you should put in for those units. Uh, then brings up unit nine, which unit nine, um, I'm looking at the, uh, go hunt insider, uh, odds here, unit nine. It looks like you would need 19 points last year, uh, was the number that got, uh, you in as a non-resident and 17 um, actually is a 0.80% chance. So you still are not even in the max pool uh, running for unit nine. Uh, unit 10, you would be a guarantee. And, you know, so, and, and 23, with the way unit 23 does their uh, draw now, uh, because it has under 20 tags, uh, one non-resident could be, uh, draw uh, in the 23s, uh, but it's not it's not a guarantee, and none of those tags are going to go in the max bonus point uh, round. So you basically are just hoping for a random chance at the 23 north or 23 south. You know, so you what you have to look at with 17 points is uh, basically unit one, three C, ten, or unit 27. Um, I think those are probably your best uh, options uh, at 17 points, and I hope that helps. I probably wouldn't put in for any of the mid-tier units, the 7 West, 7 East, uh, Unit 8, uh, 6B, 6A. I probably wouldn't mess with any of that at all and waste 17 points um, on that, and I hope that helps and hope that answers your question. Here's another question. Uh, Jay, I have 19 points in the draw and was wondering if that might get me a tag in any of the units that you guide in, early rifle or muzzleloader only. Again, with 19 points, uh, I would say archery, yes, but you're, you're, you're wanting a rifle or a muzzleloader tag. So if we go down to the uh, muzzleloader I just don't see any units here with 19 points that would be worthy of you blowing those 19 points on. 
Looks like the early rifle hunt here according to the Go Hunt Insider chart. Uh, 3A, 3C would take 21 points guarantee. Uh, the unit 9, uh, only a 20% draw at 22 points. And the unit 10 took 21 points uh, for a guarantee. And, you know, a unit 23, again, um, falls in that same, you would be, it's just completely random. So, you know, 19 points is tough as a non-resident uh, going for uh, muzzleloader or early rifle. You could potentially do a unit 27 muzzleloader hunt and I think you might have an outside chance of drawing uh, 27 on the muzzleloader hunt so hopefully that helps guys also you can use the J Scott promo code and sign up for the go hunt insider and it has all of the accurate odds uh, for this year's elk and antelope draw taking into account the new change of 5% of those tags going to uh, the non-residents in the max point pool with, you know, with the most points. And then uh, 5% of those just going in a random draw. So it's, it's definitely you know, kind of skewed the numbers. And you can buy a Go Hunt Insider membership uh, and get a $50 Kuyu gift card when you sign up. Automatically sent to you by Go Hunt Insider and have all of the numbers that I'm looking at at your disposal. And it talks about late rifle, late archery, uh, the, you know, the early archery season, the early rifle season, the muzzleloader season. Um, so make sure you use the J Scott promo code when signing up and uh, check out these Go Hunt Insider accurate odds. Okay, here's a Marcos. Uh, Marcos says, I've grown up hunting and fishing with my dad and brothers. My best memories have been in the woods and on the water. Uh, for years, we've been talking about going elk hunting out west. Um, I'd love to elk hunt out west. That's led me to your podcast. I've learned so much. What a resource it is to hunters who aren't familiar with the west. Uh, I will be taking my dad on a free range elk hunt uh, in West Texas in September. So now I'm looking for a hunt for myself. I'm planning to apply mostly hard to draw units in several western states and will begin accumulating preference points. Um, what units do you recommend I apply for on a Arizona late rifle elk hunt? Um, thank you very much, Jay. Okay, so if you have zero points... Um, there are several trains of thought with the new chains of the Arizona regulations. There is somewhat of a chance, whereas before, before the non-resident change, uh, you had a 0% chance if you didn't have, uh, the max bonus points for that unit. In other words, let's, uh, take, um, a late rifle hunt here and I'm looking at the go hunt insider. Um, go down here to late rifle uh, and let's say um, you took a unit like a unit 5a um, with with zero points last year you had a 5.8 percent chance of drawing um, and and 
last year it it was a nine point to be guaranteed a tag on that late hunt in 5a um so there you have a situation where you know kind of a mid-tier unit it takes nine points to guarantee a draw but because of the way the change was with zero points you actually have a five percent chance of drawing so if you compare that to say a late rifle hunt in unit one uh, it took 10 points to guarantee you a tag, uh, whereas if you had zero points, uh, it's a 0.60% chance to draw. So you have a situation here where you could apply for, quote unquote, a swing for the fence, you know, a great uh, rifle hunt, late rifle hunt, like a unit 27, uh, like a unit 10. Um, like a unit one, uh, or, you know, possibly a unit nine as your first choice, uh, while your odds are very, very slim. Uh, but then you could look at, um, you know, a unit like a unit 22 is a 0.76% with zero points. So there, right off the bat, you have a, you know, a 7% chance to draw, um, or, you take like a 5A, you've got a 5.8% chance um, right off the bat. The other train of thought is instead of going for a swing for the fences unit uh, on your first choice, you could do two kind of mid-tier um, kind of units and take like a 4B that has a 4.7% chance or a 5A with a 5.8% chance or a 6B with a you know 5.3% chance, or even look at this, a 7E, uh, 7 East has a 15% chance. That's probably your best chance uh, as a non-resident with zero points. Um, and, and apply for two of those units that give you the best odds rather than the under 1% um, chance. Um, so if you want to swing for the fences, you know, maybe go for... Uh, one of those, uh, t you know, top three type uh, units on the late hunt and just uh, hope you get fortunate, you know, a 23 or a 27 or a unit one type of hunt, maybe a unit nine, maybe a unit 10. Um, and then kind of these mid-tier uh, type units. Uh, Marcos, I hope that uh, answers your question and helped you out. Here's a question from Jesse. Hey, Jay, any info on the 3B late muzzy, muzzy elk hunt? Uh, odds, I have three points as a non-resident going into the draw. Um, any suggestions on units for a late elk hunt? I was thinking about 7 West late rifle or 3B late muzzleloader uh, picks number one and two. Uh, so 7 West uh, late rifle uh, with three points, it looks like you're a... 12% uh, chance to draw 3B, uh, 3B with three points. Actually, I don't have 3B listed here. Okay, yeah, 3B, um, three points, muzzleloader, excuse me, muzzleloader in 3B would give you a 41% chance of drawing. Um, he's asking what kind of a unit is 3B? Yeah, you've got a 41% chance of drawing. Uh, 3B historically is not a unit that has a bunch of big bulls. I think it's kind of a, you know, it's a 
any legal bull to, you know, um, you know, maybe 320, maybe 330 type of bulls. I mean, I know there's some better bulls in there from time to time. And on the early hunts, you know, every once in a while, they'll kill a 345, 350 type of bull. Um, but on these late hunts, especially a muzzleloader hunt uh, with 41% chance, um, you know, you're probably looking if you kill a 300 bull, you're doing really good. Um, but if you want to put some meat in the freezer, that, that might be a great option for you. Okay. Here's a question from Josiah. Josiah's from Colorado. Hey there, Jay. I love your podcast. I've been listening to it for quite some time now. I've learned so much about elk behavior, listening to you and your guests and some of the knowledge helped me put down a five by five, uh, my first season hunting elk. So thank you so much. I have a question for you. I want to start putting in for unit in Arizona for elk. So in a few years, I might be fortunate enough to draw a tag. What unit would you suggest? I'm not a trophy hunter. I would love to kill a big bull for sure, but that's not the end all for me. I would love to just get a good activity, great experience and some encounters with elk and hopefully have a shot at a solid bull. Uh, I would be doing this DIY uh, any thoughts on the matter? Well, um, he says, I would like to see a few more podcasts on fly fishing. So Josiah, I'll try and uh, do my best with that. Now, if you're talking archery, um, archery elk, in my opinion, Josiah is your best opportunity to draw an elk tag in Arizona. And like I was saying earlier, um, you know, you, you have the option of swinging for the fence with a, you know, what I would call uh, one of the great units. Um, and I guess I should specify that, you know, like one, the one 2B2C, the 3A3C, um, the uh, unit nine, unit 10, and 23 north 23 south and 27 i kind of think those are the uh, best units uh, in our state so you're faced with the same situation with no bonus points um, yes you do have a mathematical chance uh, to you know draw say a unit nine tag but you have a very 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 slim chance you have a 0.01 percent chance to draw a unit nine or a 0.10% chance to draw a unit 10, but there's still a chance that yes, you could draw. But if you look at, um, if you look at the odds, um, you know, like a three B archery hunt, you have a 1.2% chance or a five a, uh, archery hunt. You have a 1.2% chance. I mean, that's, when you're talking about a 0.01 compared to a point, or excuse me, a 1.2, that's like you have double the chance of drawing um, in 5A or double the chance of drawing in a 3B as you do in a unit 9. Or even take like a 6A where you have a 1.9% chance uh, or a 6B where you have a 2% chance or an 11M where you have a 2.7% chance, um, or even a, uh, let's see, 
a 19A, but I think that'd be a very tough hunt. You have a 3.7% chance of drawing. I mean, I think you're better off doing like a uh, 5A and a, and a, and a 6A uh, or, or potentially doing like a 7 East and a 6B uh, and picking kind of two mid-tier units, uh, you know, with good archery dates this year. Uh, that's one thing that you got to keep in mind is that the archery dates start September 15th and go till September 28th. And the moon is going to be dark on uh, September 20th. Uh, so the bugling should be good this year. And from all indication, moisture is uh, looking pretty darn good in Arizona. So um, you could also potentially look at some of these late archery. I think there's some real opportunity in these late archery hunts that are not during the rut. Uh, they're going to be in kind of third week of November type of time frame. And you could take, uh, you know, you know, again, like some of the, the, what I would call the real good units, one, two B, two C, three, A, three C, uh, unit nine, unit 10, you know, those are, um, you know, like a one, two B, two C is 3.4% chance with zero points. A three, a three C is 15% chance. So you could potentially mix a rut hunt, um, you know, a rut hunt with, you know, like, a. 3B or uh, 6A and hunt them when they're bugling and have, you know, like a one and a half percent chance of drawing and then maybe put a late archery hunt, uh, which, you know, the late archery hunt, obviously they're not bugling. You, if it's dry, you could sit water, you could spot and stock, but at least you're elk hunting. But if you look at like a unit 3A, 3C, you've got a 15% chance of drawing uh, or if you look at like a seven east, you have a 20% chance of drawing. Uh, and like a 23, you have a 17% chance of drawing. That's with zero points. Um, so you might consider doing all late uh, archery hunts or you might consider uh, staggering them uh, and doing one. Uh, early, you know, archery season as your first choice and do a late archery as your second. Uh, the other thing you could potentially consider is uh, doing a, like a late rifle hunt. Um, but on the late rifle hunt with zero points, uh, you take, you know, like a 1, 2B, 2C, which is a really, you know, one of the best units, top five type units. It's only a 0.60 to, to draw that on as a late rifle where you could do a 3A, 3C and have a 2.9% chance or a 4A where you have a 4.4% chance um, or, or scroll down here and, you know, 7 East as a late rifle hunt, you have a 15% chance. Um, unit 10 goes back, you know, 9 and 10, a 1.8 for unit 9 and a 1.5 for unit 10. So very, very slim odds. So it just depends if you're an archer you know, you might consider some of those late archery hunts. Um, and if you say, hey, I want him bugling, then I would probably, rather than swing for the fences, I would probably go with a couple of the mid-tier units. 
Uh, hopefully that helps you. Here's a question from Brad. Uh, Jay, thanks for all you do for our industry, the podcasts, etc. You're a great voice for our community. Uh, Brad, I appreciate that. He says, I'm headed into the draw, sitting on nine points. Uh, was curious if you or Dar guide the late season elk hunts. Uh, seems... I have pretty good shot at drawing the tag. I just need the right guide that wants and enjoys late season hunts. Uh, Brad, Dar, nor I do late season elk hunts anymore. Um, if, yeah, I can direct you to some guides uh, that, that do well on the late season. Uh, and if you're looking at late rifle I assume you didn't put archery, so I'm assuming you're talking late uh, rifle. Again, if I go to my Go Hunt Insider, um, you know, with nine points, you've got an 80% chance at one 2B2C. You know, you, you're 100% in 3C. Um, you know, if you pick some of these better units, uh, let's see, your. Um, you don't have enough for unit nine. Uh, you actually are, as of last year, you would be able to draw unit 10 as a late hunt. Um, you would be able to draw, uh, let's see, 23, 23, you would not be able to draw. It took all the way up to 14 points, which is, which is a lot. And, uh, it looks like you would have a chance at unit 27. Uh, unit 27, uh, nine points, uh, 100% draw in 27. Now, 27 is the unit uh, that, it, you know, the wall of fire came through. It opened up a bunch of the unit. Uh, so there's quite a bit more glassing, and it makes those late hunts a little bit better when you can see, as well as like a unit one. Uh, unit one uh, also was affected by the wall of fire. And they've seen a big tag increase. I believe there's 460 in unit 27 uh, and 325, I believe, in unit 1. Uh, but with 9 points, you're only an 80% chance to draw uh, uh, unit 1. Uh, but those are some, some units that you could look at. You're, you're faced with a situation where you could easily draw some of these mid-tier units you know, like a 4A, 4B, 5A, 5B, 6A, uh, 6B, uh, 70s, 7 West, Unit 8. I, I just don't know that I would waste my points on some of those middle tier units. I would probably uh, stick with trying to draw a Unit 27 uh, or a uh, Unit 1 uh, tag on that late hunt. So I hope that helps you, and um, the reason we don't do late elk hunts anymore is because that directly conflicts uh, with our uh, desert bighorn sheep and Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep hunts that start uh, December 1st. So this year coming up in 2017, the uh, late rifle elk hunts and the uh, sheep hunts start on December 1st. So um, Dar and I are not doing the late uh, rifle elk hunts. I, I can recommend guides uh, if you do draw or um, if I'll try and send you an email here uh, with some suggestions. So hope that helps. Here is a question from Woody. 
Uh, Woody says, hello, Jay. I started listening to your program last night on AZ Archery Elk Hunting. I have 17 points headed into the draw and was waiting for Arizona Elk to rebound. However, moon and dates look good this year. Uh, I would like uh, to get your thoughts on hunting in Unit 9 and Unit 10. Uh, Let me know your thoughts. Okay, so Woody, you bring up a good point about the moon, and you bring a good point about the moisture and the dates. Um, I do think the September 15th through the 28th uh, dates are going to be great. Last year, in 2016, the hunt did not start till September 9th. And I believe, uh, well, I say it didn't start. It, it started early, September 9th. And for me, that's always um, early, pretty early for the bulls to really be bugling. Although I think it, early dates like that, I think you could uh, kill uh, a, a pretty good bull because those big bulls are still kind of uh, not with the cows. They're still roaming around and uh, trying to, uh, kind of establish uh, their harems and so they're not locked in with cows they're kind of still searching around but by the 15th when the season starts this year on uh, 2017 season I think they'll be much more into their pattern of bugling much more in with their cows uh, and and uh, you know for an archer that's you know chasing bugles quote unquote uh, you know, the 15th start date going to the 28th is about as good a date as I think we can get. Uh, I don't think we'll have any broken point issues, uh, the 15th through the 28th. I think one thing you have to watch, not, not you particularly Woody, but anybody listening, if they have a bunch of points and are considering these early rifle elk hunts in Arizona, uh, I think, uh, the 29th through October 5th is going to lend itself to a pretty pretty hard rut, um, and I think they're going to be fighting uh, broken points uh, on that early rifle hunt. So, but uh, Woody, to answer your question about archery, um, if if I look at Unit 10. Um, it looks like you'd be a hundred percent draw to draw unit 10 and it looks like you would not have enough points in unit nine. Uh, so keep in mind if you apply for unit nine first choice and unit 10 second, you will automatically draw unit 10 because that falls inside the max bonus point pool for that unit. In other words, you have the allotted amount of bonus points that will guarantee you a tag. So in essence, you won't even have a mathematical chance at unit nine. So, you know, you may consider doing uh, an early rifle hunt, kind of a swing for the fence type of mentality on your first choice and doing a unit 10 as your second. Uh, but if, if you put a unit nine first, you will automatically draw your second choice unit 10 because you will have 17 points, which last year was a guarantee in unit in unit 10. Um, although they did drop the tag numbers in unit 10 down to 100, I still think 17 points is going to be enough to get you in there. And um, one thing I do like about that unit 10 hunt this year is that they dropped the tag numbers. There is no uh, cow tags. Um, don't quote me on that, but I don't believe there's any cow tags in there. 
and it's kind of getting back to the unit 10 that we knew 10 years ago that was only 100 then they bumped it up to 125 then 150 then 200 and then it was at 200 for a while and then they went back to 150 uh, keep in mind though in unit 10 that's the the area where the big Bokeas ranch is uh, and they are allowing access on the big Bokeas uh, but you do have to have a permit I want to say it's $80 uh, to hunt the big bow and you have full access of the ranch now keep in mind in unit 10 uh, on the big Bokeas you cannot sit water uh, they will, I believe it's you can't be within 100 yards of any water uh, source. You can't put up blinds on water source. Uh, so you'll have to do spot and stock. Uh, you'll have to chase bugles. Uh, but with 17 points, you know, I think that's probably one of your best options. Another potential could be to look at uh, the Unit 1, uh, possibly also the Unit 3A, 3C. I think is a, is another great option, um, as well as uh, Unit 27. Uh, I think that th those are all other options other than 10. And in Unit 9, you don't have enough points yet uh, for Unit 9. So, uh, and overall, guys listening to this, uh, like I said, Arizona's elk quality is not what it was 10 years ago. I think uh, people have to really adjust their expectations. I think uh, expectations for people drawing Arizona tags, they've re read the magazines uh, and seen all the pictures for the last 10, 15 years. And it, it's just a reality that I believe we're killing too many bulls on the late hunt. And the quality of overall bulls, top end bulls, is not as good. I'm not saying there's not still some giant bulls. There, there will be some big bulls shot in 2017, just like there is every year. Uh, but in some of these top tier units, like a uh, unit nine, unit ten, unit one, unit twenty threes, um, you know, it was very common every day to see a 350 bull. Now, if you go the whole season and kill a 350 plus bull. Uh, you're doing good. And uh, certainly if you kill a you know, 360, 370, 380 bull, you're doing really, really good. Um, but, you know, in Unit 9, it used to be every single day I would see a 350 bull. Now I would say every single day I see about a 335 bull. And so everything is just kind of slid back as far as quality. Hopefully that helps you. Guys, I'm going through my emails here um, just uh, trying to answer any of the Arizona elk questions, but I keep getting, oh, four or five emails a day on Gould's turkey hunts, uh, people wanting to come Gould's turkey hunting uh, with us down in Sonora, Mexico. Uh, yes, we still have some openings for Gould's turkey hunts uh, in Sonora. Uh, we run those hunts kind of like the third week of April through about the 15th of May. Uh, those are phenomenal hunts. Uh, the birds really like to strut. They really like to gobble. Uh, our birds don't get pressured at all. Uh, you can go on our website, Goulds, that's G-O-U-L-D-S, GouldsTurkeyHunt.com, uh, and watch all the videos of all of our hunts. I video every hunt, uh, and you can go on there and look at all the photos and all the pictures and videos and um, all the, all the stories of the hunts. And if you are interested in going on a Gould's turkey hunt, uh, just send me an email 
at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. Also, I might add, I, I, I'm getting a lot of emails since I just got back from uh, Sonora, Mexico, hunting coos deer. Uh, we offer uh, two guided trips. Uh, we're fully guided uh, food, transportation, lodging, you know, guiding the whole thing for coos deer in Sonora, Mexico. We do our hunts uh, right at the peak of the rut in January. And uh, those hunts can be very, very good. We just came off a, a great season. Uh, we also have uh, what I call do-it-yourself hunts in Mexico. And those hunts are what they, exactly what they say, do-it-yourself. You basically drive your own truck. Uh, you take your own food. You do your own glassing. Uh, and I can set you up with your own ranch. Uh, I usually do groups of four or more. Uh, I can accommodate, you know, groups of, of, of four to, to, you know, seven to ten guys, depending on the, you know, the, the circumstances. You just kind of got to let me know. The average size is usually, you know, four to six guys on a ranch, and you would have an exclusive lease. Um, but you would go down, you would cross the border on your own uh, and, and uh, do the hunt um, completely on your own, do your own guiding um, but if you have any questions about that, you can email me also at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. If you want to come on our fully guided hunts, we do still have some slots uh, available for that. And our dates next year are uh, January 12th through the 20th and January 21st through the 29th. And our goal there is to capitalize and uh, pick uh, those uh, best uh, days of rutting uh, and the moon's going to be uh, full in early January and I think those dates of the 12th through the 20th and the 21st through the 29th is going to capitalize on uh, the best uh, uh, rutting there. Here's a question from Thomas. Jay, I'm doing research for my father who's 63 uh, when elk season rolls around, he's a non-resident with 13 bonus points and would like to draw this year in a unit that gives him opportunity at a big bull. Um, we will need an outfitter when he draws and appreciate your advice. Okay, so with 13 bonus points, uh, non-resident, you cannot draw uh, unit one uh 3C, 9, 10, 23, 27 with 13 points in the bonus pass. Um, you could draw unit 7 west or unit 8 in the bonus pass, but I, you know, those aren't super high quality hunts. Um, so I think you need to continue putting in uh, for another three to five years. Um, you know, so that's always the dilemma you're sitting on you know, 13 points, but 13 points does not get you in the top five. You know, you could draw a 4A, 4B, 5A, 5B, uh, 5B South, 6A, uh, 6B, 7 East, 7 West. Yeah, you could potentially sneak in with the 7 West tag and you could potentially sneak in with a unit 8 tag. Let me look here. Yeah. So, I mean, 13 points is kind of tough because you're right there where you could draw some of those, maybe some of those middle tiers, maybe a couple of the better middle tier units. 
but you know, you say you want a big bull, um, you know, you could potentially find a big bull in seven West. You got usually quite a bit of people problems. Um, just a lot of hunters in the field, you know, potentially unit eight. Uh, sometimes those bulls in unit eight are a little bit fickle with their bugling. Uh, you certainly don't have, uh, enough to draw a unit nine or a unit 10. Um, but keep in mind, uh, with the random draw, uh, the way it works, uh, you know, you could, um, you could put in for, uh, a unit nine and, just draw it in the random pool. So, you know, you may swing for the fence and just put in for two of the hardest units to draw and just keep applying. Um, and then maybe once you get up there at that, you know, 16, 17, 18 point mark, um, maybe you'll have, uh, you know, shots at, at, at unit 10 shots at, you know, three C shots at a unit one. Um, if it were me, I would probably continue to wait. I would, I would probably go ahead and apply and try and just catch one of those random tags and don't just apply for a bonus point. Um, and just see if, you know, you can get fortunate and, and just get your name drawn. Okay, guys, here's a question about someone that saw on my, um, Instagram account says, Jay, I see you're using the uh, Swarovski twin spotting scopes. And I'm going to do a whole podcast on this, but I figured I would go ahead and just touch base on that since it's right here on my email. Uh, I've used the Koa, uh, Highlander 32 by 82, uh, power binoculars since they came out before that I had the doctor, uh, 40 by 80, uh, super wide angle, uh, doctor optics. And I'm a huge fan of, uh, long range glassing. But one of the things that I've always uh, kind of, you know, not liked about the Koas is, you know, they're heavy at like 15 pounds, uh, the tripod's 12 or 13 pounds, and you have to carry a glassing stool because they have angled eyepieces. So I've been looking for something, uh, you know, with a straight uh, and not angled, and uh, Jeremy Googlemeyer, a friend of mine that guides out of uh, Kansas and New Mexico and Texas, uh, said that he was uh, found a new setup, and I've heard of these twin spotter setups for years, but I've heard, you know, stories about them getting knocked out of Calmation, and, you know, Jeremy said he did not have a problem with that, and there was an adapter um, guy made out of Prescott and um, at Wells Manufacturing, and you can send me an email if you want uh, that, that contact information there for that bracket. Anyway, uh, I went ahead and got the bracket. I went ahead and got the 65 millimeter STS, uh, Swarovski spotting scopes. Uh, every piece of optics that I own, uh, is all Swarovski optics. The only thing that I did not own that wasn't Swarovski or that I did own that was Swarovski or wasn't Swarovski was those Koa Highlanders. I've been a Swarovski guy for a long, long time. I believe in their customer service. I believe in their company. Uh, I've been fortunate to go over to Austria three times and, and visit the plant and uh, know some of the people over there and just a real big believer in Swarovski optics. Well, anyway, I was excited to try these uh, 65 millimeter twin spotting scopes with the 25 by 50 uh, wide angle eyepieces. Uh, and so I had them on the uh, first trip this year down in Mexico and I got the spotting scopes uh, from the Outdoorsman's. Uh, that's where I get all my optics from. And Cody um, 
checked out my setup and um, actually helped me put everything together. And I went down to Mexico and I just love these things. And then I came back and I went back for my second trip down to Mexico. And so I've got about uh, 18, let's see, about 17, 18 days now glassing with these um, twin spotters. And I really like the setup. Uh, I, I, I take the eye cups off as well. That's a little trick. I, I spin the eye cups off and Cody actually manufactures a case that works perfect that you can get at the outdoorsman's, uh, for, for the twin spotters. And they've been in and out of my backpack, basically 18 days and 17, 18 days. And, uh, they're still as solid as can be. They haven't been knocked out of alignment and, um, it's a great, uh, I think it's, it's great because it's, they're only seven and a half pounds. I can use my same tripod, uh, and it's just a huge weight savings and I can glass on 25 power, but if I see something way out there, I can, I can zoom in both eyepieces up to 50 power and I tell you, if the sun's at your back, I mean, you can sit there and glass at 50 power. Um, and I really like the twin spotting scope setup. So um, I'm going to do a whole podcast on that. But I just thought I would go ahead and answer that question since it was right here. Okay. Um, here's one more question. Jay, I love your podcast. Love all the Kuyu gear that I have. Being an Arizona hunter, I was looking for some guidance on best all-around Kuyu clothing for Arizona and Sonora hunting. Uh, Kuyu over the phone recommended the Merino 145 base layer, Kenai pants, and then the Tiburon pants over the top. Uh, do you feel this is the perfect setup for our desert plants and thorns? What jacket do you recommend that will not tear our uh, tear up in our rough desert chasing javelina? Trying to build the best system, best bang for the buck that I uh, that I can. Uh, I use it on all my Arizona hunts. Okay. Tyler, uh, in my opinion, the guide pant by Kuyu is the most durable pant. Um, it has a nice fleece lining and it's very, very durable. It's the pant that I wear on all my coos deer hunts in Mexico, uh, all my late season uh, sheep hunts uh, here in Arizona. And it's a very, very durable pant. The least durable pant is the Tiburon pant, but the Tiburon pant is my favorite uh, pant because of the air dot uh, technology and the breathability of the pant. And that's what I wear on all of the uh, archery elk hunts here in Arizona uh, and all of the uh, spring turkey hunts here in Arizona and the spring turkey hunts down in Mexico. Um, so the guide pant uh, is the most durable and the and it's good for uh, colder weather hunts and the Tiburon is my favorite for the warm weather hunts. Uh, the pant in between that is the attack pant, uh, and the attack pant kind of is a mix between the Tiburon and the guide pant. It doesn't have a fleece lining. It's a really good archery oak hunting pant, and it's a really good, say, October, November uh, season um, uh, coos deer type country pant. Um, if you are looking for a soft shell jacket uh, from Kuyu, you're going to want to look at the Kenai jacket which is the synthetic, and then they also have their Super Down, uh, which is treated with a water repellent. They, they put a treatment on the water or make the down water repellent. Um, and uh, the warmth to weight, uh, weight ratio on the Super Down is probably a smidge better than the Kenai, um, but the Kenai is um, always in my pack. 
I I used to be the uh, huge proponent of super down and now I've kind of switched to now I'm a huge proponent of the synthetic, the keen eye jacket. Uh, for the hard shell, you're probably going to want to look at the guide jacket. Uh, the guide jacket is basically built out of the same material as the guide pant. Uh, it also has a fleece lining and it's, it's a really nice um, hard shell. It is not 100% uh, waterproof, so you would still need your rain gear, but it's a really good jacket. Um, and then as far as the Merino 145s, I go with the Zip Tee, uh, always the 145 as my bottom layer. It's always next to my skin. Um, but I like the Zip Tee because I can vent, I can unzip uh, the uh, zipper and vent uh, through, the, through my chest. Uh, but I also like being able to zip that all the way up and it, it covers the back of my neck a little bit. And the Zip Tee's a little bit higher than a regular um, the regular merino uh, uh, t-shirt, um, you get a little bit of coverage on the back of my neck. Um, and all of the new Peloton synthetic stuff is awesome also. So I'll, I'm going to cover some more of the Kuyu stuff uh, in the future here, but hopefully that, that helps you out. Okay, guys, um, that kind of covers uh, some of the questions. Um, just barely scratching the surface on, on all these questions, but um, hopefully you'll be able to take uh, some of the situations uh, that I described with some of these other guys asking questions about the Arizona elk hunts uh, and um, put them to your own use. I highly recommend signing up for the Go Hunt Insider. Obviously, use the J. Scott promo code and you'll get a $50 Kuyu gift card. Uh, I want to thank my other sponsors, the Outdoorsman's you know, Optics Authority here in Phoenix. You can reach them at one 800 291 uh, 8065. You can also go on outdoorsmans.com. You get a 10% discount if you use the J. Scott promo code. Uh, Cody and his crew over there at the Outdoorsmans do a great job. Uh, Real Game Calls, if you use the J. Scott promo code, you actually get a 20% discount at Real Game Calls. Uh, you, if, if you were listening to a bunch of my podcasts during elk season, we talked a lot about elk calling. Uh, Real Game Calls makes an elk call called the Elk Reel. I've had just an unbelievable amount of people email me saying thank you for turning them on to the elk reel, how easy it is to use, how consistent it is. Uh, they are also launching their um, deer calls and turkey calls. Uh, so check them out at realgamecalls.com. Use the J. Scott promo code and get a 20% discount. Uh, and also, I'd like to thank PhoneScope for their sponsorship of this podcast. Uh, if you use the J. Scott 16 promo code, you'll get a 10% off discount on all products at phonescope.com. Phonescope makes digiscoping adapters for your phone to the binos or your phone to spotting scope, uh, and they can adapt any uh, phone to any spotting scope. So check them out. Uh, guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. Thanks for all your uh, loyal support. Uh, we just finished off uh, a, a big month, the, the best month I've ever had as far as downloads on this podcast, the month of January. And uh, I want to thank each and every one of you uh, for that. And um, without your support, uh, this podcast wouldn't be possible. So uh, guys, until next time, God bless.